And welcome back to LinkedIn Logs. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the Jobs Podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Usually, I don't let that thing go on, the theme song, go on for longer than uh, you know 20 seconds for this show before I hop in. And here I am, sliding right into the, the, the DMs of the, of the thing before and... Episode 26. <laughs> Sorry for that pop of noise. Here we are on a gloomy Tuesday that's going to turn into a semi-sunny Tuesday and then lead into a gloomy Wednesday, then a dreary week. I love it. I love the weather. I like it when it's cold. I like it when it's mild. When it's too hot, I get too hot. I sweat. <laughs> All right, we got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Uh, so... Here we are. Last week, I put out the episode of Constitutionals, and uh, I'm going about my business. I'm doing my I'm doing my thing. Here we and then, at some point, I get an email. I won't be too specific. I get an email from a potential job, a real potential job, and they want to do an interview. I do the interview. It's it's one of those online things. It's through a company. If I say the company, will immediately people who've worked there will immediately know. Not at the company, but they'll know who I interview for. Let's just say it's somebody I've worked for before. I do this digital interview, and that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about these digital interviews again i'm trying not to be too specific but i i want to talk about these digital interviews and uh it looks like mine has been received i just typed in the name of the company not the company i interviewed for but the company i interviewed with for yeah and uh it just says interview received that's great um, this is so, so specific. And the people who have done this process before will know exactly what company it is. Hopefully there's good news. We'll see. But I've done I've done this process of interview, this style, this digital thing, this online thing. Let me turn off the, uh, the iPad. I've done this style of interview before, uh, at least two other times. And... Uh, I I think one of those times it actually worked <laughs> in my favor. But it's such a... What is this noise? It is such a... <laughs> I fixed it. Don't worry. It is such a hands-off approach. And especially for, for a bigger company, I think, I think it works in the long run because, A, it really helps the person who is uh, interviewing. You know, it helps you weed out if they can... If, uh, I'm sorry. If, they, if you can uh, talk... If that person can have an interview and, and have a conversation and talk and and kind of put their put themselves up in a higher degree with these with these broad general these uh, broad general questions that they ask. So the company I interviewed with, what they do is they use the software. It's all online, and you have to have a camera. They pref, prefer prefer <laughs> they prefer you to do it on desktop. I assume I don't know. I mean, I just I did it on. Uh, on the Mac here, because um, there's no reason for me 
to do it on my phone or my iPad. It doesn't make sense. It's insane. No, I want to look professional. I got the lighting set up. I look exactly how I did now. I was fantastic, except I hid the microphone, pulled it right in front of me, turned the gain up a little bit so I could just talk in a regular normal voice. They have you sit directly in the middle of the frame. This is so truly, if you don't know by now. They have you sit directly in the middle of the frame and a mock-up and like kind of a cutout of what a human would be. And the and the shoulders are like hunched up. The head is very round. So I did the best I could to get in there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big guy, baby. I, I can't fit into a small box like that. I can barely fit into this Henley. <laughs> and they give you about eight questions or so. Uh... The, the first time, the first and second time I, I did an interview like this with, with this company was it involved me answering eight, you know, interview questions, eight basically interview video questions. This third time, I think I did like five questions, like, like truly five, four or five video questions. And, and then the rest, the remainder of the other uh, three or four were just like, do you live in the state? <laughs> do you need help with relocation? Which I thought was very, um, I don't know. I just felt like that's something that you could see on, and I'm, this isn't against the company who is hiring. This is against the company who is uh, whose technology that the other company is using. It, it just seemed like you didn't really need, that wasn't really necessary information. I'd, ra- I'd rather answer six questions, video questions, and have to, and have to give minute, a minute and a half answers as opposed to just going through four or five and then uh, clicking okay, yes, no, through the others. I got the email. I did the thing. I did the, uh, did the interview, I think like the next day. Or, or I think it was like one a, d- a day or two later, yeah, because it was Friday. It was Friday, so I think I got on Wednesday, and then it, and then Friday was the only time I could like sit down, and actually do it, because this part time job is killing me, guys. And it was good. It's fantastic. I answered the questions. I think uh, you get like three retries per question, and I think I only used one retry for a question. Uh, mostly because, and it, you know, it's, it's very funny. I'll, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the thing. I'll, I'll interview, I'll throw, I'll, I'll look into the camera. I'll do everything very professionally. And then when I know that there's a part of me, because I've been doing this, this talking thing for so long, I've been doing it more than the average person. I've been doing it more than the regular celebrity. Let's just say, come on. Oh, we're smartless. We we sold our podcast for three figures again. You know, you can't do this. You can't speak freely like I can, baby. And you haven't been doing it for 10 years. <clears throat> so I've been doing this for a while. And I I know how to keep things flowing. I know how to pause at the right time. I know when... <laughs> When to laugh at my own jokes. But there, there's a difference between interviewing in person and interviewing like this. And I, I'm very good at both of those things. The the one part I'm not good at is the initial part where they look at your resume and the cover letter and all that jazz. So applying. 
and I and I've been I've been doing this for a while and and it's easy for me to look at the question once and just you know they they're like give a time this wasn't one of the questions but like give a time of when you uh, struggled the most at work and then I can immediately refer back to something and then just rattle off an answer and make it sound coherent and not just coherent like it's an interesting story because let me give you a secret they're not interesting stories. I did that. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> I did it, and it was. Uh, I, I, I hopefully you know something good comes out of that. I know, to me, no, I, knowing the company that I that I was hired, not hired. I was applied for. I applied. I was applied for. Knowing the company, <laughs> the the position I'm I'm being I'm been interviewing for. They should be hiring pretty quickly. I hope so. We'll see. Hopefully next week's episode is new job. <laughs> That'd be a great title. Episode 27, new job, putting it out there. I am putting it out there into the universe. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the application status. It says in progress. Hopefully it says offer thrown or offer sent. <laughs> oh God. I hope so. I can't, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> Now that now now I think about this. Would I continue doing the podcast? The answer is unequivocally yes. The second thing is uh would I talk smack about the company? <laughs> it's not talking smack. I all I give every company that I that I've talked about on this show, with the exception of Bounce TV, I've talked about with reverence. And I've given solutions. There's a difference. I'll call out Bounce TV. I'll call out Scripps, man. Screw those people. And screw the uh, screw the HR department. Screw my supervisor. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to, like, in a pandemic, be one of five people in a, in a giant office building in Buckhead. To to the only choice, everyone else gets to work from home and the only option I have is to drive in because I can't get the files or whatever on my home computer. And for you, a supervisor, to never come in, ever. And, uh, uh, and for me to... You know, they give they give concessions to the editors, they give concessions to everybody else, they get internets, they get internet stuff, they get like vouchers and stuff. And I'm like, hey, uh, can I get ten dollars for gas? And she's like, No. <laughs> you're coming you're not coming in here. Anyway. I had a lot of issues with that job. This next one comes from Variety, written by Todd Spangler. Vice will cease publishing on Vice.com and lay off several hundred staffers, the CEO says. Last week, late last week, it was it was noted that Vice, which has been in giant trouble as of late, is in another another transformation process of its own. Of its own, it is laying off a a lot of people, uh, and it's going to become mostly a vertical and social. Uh, excuse me. A um, um, uh, a video and uh, social, you know, vertical network. What I'm saying with vertical, I mean it. Uh, it it's, it's 
I don't mean the style of video is going to be vertical, which it will be. But I'm saying they're going to be focusing on the video stuff. More so than the writing. This is the third or fourth time in the past. I'm not talking about layoffs because they've had a ton of layoffs in the past couple of years. This is the third or fourth time this is transformed. Vice is transformed. A couple of years ago, they, speaking of verticals, uh, got rid of Waypoint, which is their gaming gaming vertical. And um, I think they narrowed everything down to basically like nosy, noisy and uh, munchies and Vice and like some other and motherboard and some other stuff. Uh, but they, they, Vice used to be this big internet darling uh, on this on the same side of um, a BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed used to be a giant internet darling. And uh, I'll talk about this in the Constitutionals later on this week. But these two used to be, Vice and BuzzFeed were the next iteration of news. They were these young, millennial-driven uh, uh, and, and I guess uh, Generation X-driven uh, uh, news newsprints for online ages and for that, that that allowed people to speak freely about everything from drugs to sex to race to things that you just normally wouldn't get with traditional uh, news media like the New York Times or with uh, 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 Fox or MSNBC or CNN or Washington Post or Wall Street Journal uh, or even NPR. They, they, they were able to do things faster and better than many of those outlets. But now Vice Media Group is just, is, is a, a, I, I guess, essentially going under. It's the slowest sinking ship I've seen in, in a long time. In a memo to Vice employees Thursday, CEO Bruce Dixon said the company will be cutting, quote, several hundred jobs in the next week. So that means this week we're just going to see a lot of people out of work. Dixon also wrote that Vice Media Group is, quote, in advanced discussions to sell Refinery29, which is the women-focused part of the company, um, that it bought in 2019 for $400 million. That was a huge acquisition for them because they didn't have anything like Refinery29. uh, Refinery29, wasn't that purchased, uh, wasn't that created by, uh, uh, let's see, uh, God. I don't know. I thought that was created by um, the AV Club and like kind of that outlet, but I don't think that's true. The company and and Vice, like this again, this is a big deal. Years ago, it was valued at five point seven billion. Disney bought them. Disney oh, Disney didn't buy them. Disney invested in them, right? I think Disney. I think it was Disney Vice. Vice.com. <laughs> I'm almost positive that Dis- uh, uh, Disney had something to do with their seed money. Let's see. Yeah, Fox, both Fox and Disney invested in them. And then at some point, I think Disney wrote down $400 million uh, of investment. Uh, of co- Back in 2015, this comes from the New York Times, Disney invested millions of dollars in Vice, and they were exploring to buy the company for more than $3 billion. Wow. This is an article written by Lauren Hirsch and Benjamin Mullen. Vice is said to be headed for bankruptcy. This is back in May 2023. We're almost coming up on the year of that. Vice made layoffs last year, 
they canceled shows like Vice News uh, and Vice News Tonight. Vice Media had over 900 employees worldwide after those layoffs. At some point, they had 3,000. This Again, this used to be one of the biggest media companies in the new media company. I'll call it new media in the world. Now we have this from Variety written by Jennifer Moss. Process of elimination, why layoffs are hitting tech, gaming, media, despite their steep costs. Video games cost a lot of money to make. Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation 5 cost so much money. Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet, even though it came out in a not-so-good state, costs a lot of money. The Xbox Series X itself costs a lot of money. The stuff they're doing with cloud gaming, that's a lot of money. But we're seeing companies lay off left and right. It seems that truly every single week, there's a different company affected. We had Noggin be affected we had Noggin be affected um, uh, last week at Paramount, Viacom. Disney, Disney's been affected. Warner's been affected. Microsoft cut 1,900 employees across Xbox and Activision Blizzard. Amazon eliminated several hundred roles at Prime Video and its studio Twitch and even Audible. Google's company, Alphabet, the parent company, Trimmed payrolls by several hundred. CNN, we're seeing them ex- expecting to cut salaries of anchors. People are getting laid off left and right. Experts say it's a kind of copycat effect that can happen across industries when job cuts start occurring. It's pressure from investors, says uh, Wharton School Professor of Management Peter Capelli. For example, if investors decide a big tech company has hired, overhired and pressure uh, it to make layoffs, those adjacent to it feel compelled to do the same, he says. And then it creates this norm that uh, that, you're seeing, that you're seeing right now. There's a uh, Nelson Peltz, I believe, is the activist investor for, at Disney. Uh, I don't, he's an activist investor. I don't think he works for Disney uh, proper. But he constantly, every single quarter, has something to say about how the company is run and saying that, they need to focus on AI and they need to, uh, you know, basically kill off, you know, I'm, just, I'm making this up, but like uh, kill off uh, uh, FXX, uh, uh, get rid of Hulu, put everything on Disney Plus, you know, do this, do that. He, they say these, these activist investors say things that sometimes could help a company, but other times just don't really jive with what's going on with, uh, with how companies are supposed to be run. But more often than not, these investors or these analysts will say, because because they're they're essentially hired consultants. Some of them, not not again, not a lot of them are being hired by companies, but some of them are. And whether their input is needed or not, they'll somebody will go, somebody will be at Vice and or see Vice's numbers and go, Vice, you need to lay off X amount of people, because. You you have this much money, and you're going to have this much money if uh, capital if you if you're able you know, you have much more if you're able to lay people off and get above board and this and that and the other thing. Companies that do these things tend to have the profit under performance compared to companies that aren't doing layoffs, and that can last as long as three years, says Harvard Business School professor Sandra Sucker. 
That's because the total cost of job cuts include severance, benefits, helping former workers find employment. There are also less tangible drawbacks. Layoffs result in, quote, disengaged and frightened employees, Sutcher says. When you think about this in human terms, they're saying to people, you're okay and good as you are until I decide you're not. Which is how I feel at uh, Bounce TV when uh, EW Scripps finalized their acquisition of the company. And I was uh, was uh, let go over a video. Oh, man. By somebody who soon became, uh, who got her own, uh, 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 per, uh, after I asked about my own, uh, uh, what's it called, um, promotion. I just wanted more. I just wanted a little bit more money, truly. She got a promotion. She got a giant promotion. She was named Vice something. Very true. And uh, I was canned. We're going to see more work cuts in the gaming sector. Even at bigger companies. I think Toys for Bob, which which did uh, both the Crash, Bandicoot, and uh, uh, Spyro collections and, and new games, they uh, they saw some losses. Again, with this Microsoft Activision Blizzard thing, we knew that was going to happen. But major game studios are shifting their focus from growth to profitability, similar to media company strategy for the streaming businesses and are doubling down on tentpole franchises, which means that you're still going to be, they're going to be spending some money. You're going to see bigger budgets and then they're going to be sending whatever money they make from, you know, Sony, whatever money they make from Spider-Man two, whatever money's made from, uh, for Nintendo from uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Then they're going to be able, I'll, I'll name Microsoft, whatever, whatever money's made from Halo Infinite. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna take or or Game Pass I guess at this point they're gonna take that money they're gonna bring it in and then they're gonna be more willing to dole it out to indies and to double A games instead of triple A games and to maybe even some mobile stuff because that's where the profit is right now uh, mobile games and looter shooters all that crap but we're seeing it, it's and it seems unfair and it truly is. But this is how it's going to be, at least until they start seeing some type of profits. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, inflation numbers aren't as bad. You see that on the news all the time. I see it on Squawk Box. I see it on CNN. I see it on CBS. They say inflation numbers aren't that bad. When is the economy going to respond? Or excuse me, when are companies going to respond to that part of the economy? Are they just being trepidatious? Are they playing it safe? Are they, when you look at, Netflix and Hulu and um, uh, ABC and, and, and Fox uh, Broadcasting and NBC. When you see all these networks canceling shows or pulling back and, and not really uh, 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 buying as many shows as they used to, you know, peak TV is going down, as John Landgraf, the president of FX, said a couple weeks ago. We, when we used to have, the, at our, I think at our highest point, we had 900-plus New shows, 900 plus new shows. And now we're down to like seven or six, six or 700 new shows or 800. I don't know. I forgot the numbers. This is a long time ago. A long time ago, two weeks. <laughs> but but when we see that these, uh, when they when we when we're pulling back from peak TV and, and uh, 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 events of that nature, 
are we going to, are we, and now we're seeing kind of a, a resurgence of cable like platforms with Warner brothers and Disney and Fox teaming up for this sports streamer, people gravitating towards YouTube TV for a cable, like uh, for, for just to be able to get like sports and, you know, cable channels together uh, for this digital cable bundles when we see peacock and and paramount plus being bundled in the verizon plan that's not true but when we see things like that it makes me wonder if we're going to see a resurgence of peak tv and in that effort a resurgence of these jobs of companies who laid off 2000 people coming back a couple months later and going okay now we're now we're ready to rehire again because we got this new project in the words, or we've got a bunch of shows in development, and we need the we need you back. Is it safe to be in these industries any longer? I I mean it's in some cases it's easier to be in these industries, but but I mean even if you look at the, there's a show called. Um, Oh God! Uh, I think that's what it. Uh, let me say. Hold on. What is uh? What is what is? There's a show that there's Johnny. There's a show called There's Johnny, that was created by Paul Reiser. And the and the pilot of the show, the main character played by Ian Nelson, just quite literally graduates. I think high school or college. I don't know. I don't remember. But he just and he it is and it's nineteen you know uh, what year is it nineteen seventy something yeah nineteen seventy something, and he just goes to Hollywood and he walks onto the uh, the uh, uh, the lot where Johnny Carson's show was filmed and uh, the Tonight Show and he's like uh, I want a job and then they just hire him, <laughs> but again it's that's nineteen seventy something when you could do something along those lines but now. You can't. So obviously you have to stand out in, in some form of fashion, whether that be uh, if you want to get hired and do um, uh, video game things. Okay, well, maybe you create your own uh, video game. Maybe you develop your own video game at home uh, in your free time. Or maybe you become a, a streamer on Twitch and YouTube. Maybe you review games for your local college and then that blossoms into you getting freelance opportunities at IGN, which then turns into getting a full-time uh, at IGN or some other gaming outlet. But there's so many ways to get into uh, uh, the gaming media sphere or the news media sphere or the television world or the film world, tech. So it, it, it's it's harder for people to pay attention unless you're being as loud as possible. And even then, that it doesn't necessarily work. I'm living proof. So when you be, when when you have disruptors like BuzzFeed and like Vice, and they make such a calamity for several years, and then only to see them go the way of the dinosaur, even more so than where New York Times and Wall Street Journal are right now. Because they've they've made the pivot. I mean, but also it's because they are the storied names. Washington Post, NPR. 
they are those are the storied names besides Vice and BuzzFeed. Ahead of Vice, Vice and BuzzFeed. Do I mean is is there are we is this just a yo-yo? We're at the down point, and a yo-yo spinning on the ground. Is it gonna come back up, or are we gonna walk the dog? <laughs> we go around the world. We're gonna do uh what is it? Not the handkerchief. What is that thing called? Cat's cradle. We're gonna do the cat's cradle. All right, I'm losing the through line, and this episode is long enough. Hey, listen, if you liked what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where I talk to your favorite people in the entertainment industry. More recently, I just talked to Chris Martin. No, not Chris Martin from Coldplay, comedian Chris Martin. I didn't want to do that, but I had to. We had a very delightful conversation. It was fantastic. He's very funny. He's British. And uh, it was just a, it was just a great conversation all around. We talked about his new stand-up album uh the above average comedian i'm not even i'm not reading the copy or anything this is all the top of my head i'm horrible at math but boy oh boy can i remember small details <laughs> so check that out the there's a you can you can listen to the audio version under the constitutionals podcast wherever you get your podcasts you can watch a video version under the interviews on youtube.com slash comedy. You can also check out the other podcast, Late Night Lately, which is the Late Late Night Show show video version on youtube.com slash comedy. If you're listening to the audio version of the show, you can check out the video version at the same YouTube channel. You can, uh, what is it? Uh, I got to press play. Oh, God, it's not pressing play. Oh, my God. The, uh, the music, okay, Spotify is screwing up with me. The music did not play, and I was going to go out, and I was going to have just the whole thing, the whole song play, and it was going to be so professional, and everybody was going to be like, well, that guy's really good. So now, I can't do that. That is unfortunate. I have to put it in and post. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Simples Comedy, me, at Chad Black White. Thank you for listening, and if the music's uh, playing in post, then I've done my job, and if not, too bad. Goodbye.